Welcome to the East Haven Men's Ministry Podcast. My name's Jared, the Director of Men's Ministry, and I'm here with Pastor Chad. Howdy. And today we're going to talk about what, essentially what men's ministry is up to. Mm. You know, uh, men's ministry, in the last episode, we kind of talked about um, the mission of our church and and how that plays out in the lives of men. Uh, but if you're on the outside looking in and you've kind of been getting emails about men's ministry events and stuff like that, uh, we've been trying some different things. And uh, this summer or late summer, we had man camp. Yeah, man camp. Huh. Huh. And uh, so if you were there, you know what that means. Uh, but man camp essentially was a father-son event uh, out at the campground, at the church's uh, campground. And, and, and to clarify, it was... There were fathers and sons, but there were also older men who didn't have sons there. Yes. There were grandfathers that were there. And so it was kind of this this older men, younger men kind of event that was was pretty cool. Yeah. And that, you know, one of the things that uh I, I mean, I sometimes read the Bible and and the words speak to me and I think, okay, that's the way things should be. But then I you know, step back out into the reality of, of the world we live in and realize that that's not how the things are. Um, and in, in a, what I believe in a healthy church body, you've got intergenerational mixing uh, where people are serving each other in the different ways that they can based on where they're at in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously kids and children ministry can't serve, uh, you know, people that are older in the way that people that are older could serve children in the children's ministry. So, you know, I, I think of like Titus two and what Titus two and Chad's turning to Titus two in his Bible um, at the same time, the before same time, you even said it, I yeah. was going there. And, you know, sometimes I, I would get frustrated and think like, does the church even know about the book of Titus? Mm. Do they read that? But I, I recognize that it's, it's hard and to, to really pull off, Titus two, as it's as it reads, it takes a lot of putting self second and and being a servant. And so, what we saw a little bit of at man camp, and really it was it was that way by design. It wasn't accidental that we had some older gentlemen there serving in the ways that they did. Uh, but we we saw dads serving and we saw kids serving because there were moments built into man camp to, to start to cultivate that. And so, you know, man camp, we'll talk a little bit more about what, what happened and, and some of the, the fruit that came from man camp. Um, but really my desire is that, you know, man camp as an int- attendee to man camp is a father and a son and that son or sons and the son is in between the ages of eight and maybe like 17 years old at the max. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that that's the only ages that can come. And of course a dad has to be whatever the age of dad is to have a kid at that age. Like right. I want as dads and sons kind of age out of that age range to be serving or be desiring to serve the dads and the sons that do have kids in that mm-hmm. age range. Yeah. And so, you know, many, many years down the road, man camp, you know, five or six or whatever, we're going to really start to see that happen where dads and sons sign up to come to yes, be a part of everything that's happening, but to pour into the program as well. 
I don't even like calling it a program because that, you know, that's, that makes it sound a little bit too much like it was all written out and scripted. Yeah, but I think your heart is that you are trying to envision a men's ministry that is approachable and resourceful for men of all ages and in all stages of life. Whether you're you're a young man um, or a boy who has opportunity, you're wanting to create environments where there can be investment. There's a trickle down effect from a variety of life experiences and maturities. And so that's, you know, the example is man camp. There's, there's an event that is uh, creating lanes of influence yeah. for older men to influence younger men. And I mean, it's, it's what you see in first uh, John. There's this moment when, when John is writing to the church and he, in in one little section in, in chapter two of First John, he targets different age levels of men. He says, I'm writing to you little children. And then he says, I'm writing to you fathers. And I'm writing to you young men. And then he says, and I'm writing to you children and fathers and young men. He's identifying different ages and stages of life and that there is there's an impact and an influence that has to happen at those very stages so that's, it seems like that's what you're doing. It's not just event driven. Sure. You're not just taking a bunch of noodles and throwing them against the wall and seeing which ones stick. There's a, there's a heart behind what you're doing. Yeah. And, and it, it you know, to be honest, it kind of was at first, you know, I have my past experiences in men's ministry. The church that I came from had a men's ministry where you came either Monday night or Tuesday morning. You were there for an hour or so. There was a little bit of worship. There was a little bit of a message, and then there was table discussion. And I thought, you know, like, oh, that's what men's ministry looks like, and let's replicate that. Yeah. And I realized, like, you know, that's great and all, but it's not really what our church needs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not maybe even necessarily what our church wants, which is fine, because you can't go from where it was to implementing something like that and, uh, um, you know— expecting everybody to engage. I mean, I, I feel like maybe that's what I was doing at first, but uh, then I realized what we really need to do is just meet people where they are right. and create environments where um, they can do life as, as they are doing life um, with others that are doing the same thing. And, mm-hmm. and so man camp kind of being that first event where we said, okay, we've got a lot of dads and those dads have sons and uh, at East Haven, what kind of event could we do? I had put this date on the schedule, you know, beginning of the year, not necessarily knowing what we were going to do with it yet. Uh, and and that's when we started dreaming about man camp. And, and even out of discouragement a couple times before, I thought, eh, maybe we just cancel that date and we just won't do anything about it. But when I initially met with Chad and we, we I kind of pitched the idea and we started talking over it, you know, he was just really adamant that like, we need to do this. And, and we did. And, uh, uh, the stories that have come out of that, um, you know, there's, there's one guy who said like, man, I've been going to East Haven for a while. And that's the most connected I've felt. And it takes things like that. It takes being involved in things like that Mm -hmm. because we go to church, we've got our kids, we got to get them to children's ministry. We've got to get into the worship center, you know, maybe we have time to grab a cup of coffee and then, 
after that, it's like, oh man, we got to make our Costco run or what we got to try and get in the things that we need to get in and then get home. And it, there isn't the opportunity on a Sunday to really connect with anybody and create any sort of familiarity with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. The amount of uh, relationship development and connectivity that can occur in a multi-night event that may take a year or two otherwise. And so it just fast tracks your ability to connect and yeah, uh, have meaningful experience with others. And one, one of the things that I took away from man camp that even in the life of my, my own leadership of my home, and I've, I would say I'm a fairly intentional guy and try to be intentional with my sons and all of my kids. But what man camp afforded me were very intentional times after some of the, the time we spend in the word to process that with my kids, my two sons and have intentional conversations about how does this impact the way that we go back home and interact with the ladies in our home, mom and sister. And when I talked to my sons about it, they said there were, I mean, a ton of fun events that we did. We did a lot of playing and a lot of adventure, but my, my, both my boys said what was most meaningful to them were the directed and, and focused conversations that we had. And what that told me was not necessarily that there was something special about man camp, but it reinforced my son's having my 100% focused attention regularly is something that they need and will benefit from. And so it created in me an experience and an exposure to something that I'm going to lean into and to have very focused time with my boys. And that's extremely important. I mean, we all lead really busy lives, um, too many things on our plates, and that doesn't leave a lot of time left over for much. And it's really easy at the end of a long day to just say like, okay, let's get through dinner. Let's let the kids watch some TV and and slide them into bed. And then the day's over. And then mm-hmm. if you stack, you know, hundreds of those days just like right. that, I mean, you're you're disconnected from your kids. And your yeah. kids want engagement, just like we want engagement. And if they can't get it from from us as their dads, they're they're gonna seek it out somewhere else. And I, I know that was the case in my life. Like you know, I want to engage. I want to feel like I'm part of something. And right. if I don't have that in my home, then I'm gonna want nothing more than to not be in my home. Mm-hmm. And you know, looking back at man camp, you know, some of the, even some of the kids that I've talked to or ran into that were at man camp, you know, a lot of them talk about, you know, how fun the airsoft battle was and mm-hmm. how it was like, it's just like dude perfect, which, you know, dude perfect made it look way cooler, uh, but we had fun. <laughs> yeah, um, we did. and, and the, the Viking battle and, and yeah. eating, you know, piles of nachos off of the table with our hands. And, you know, just, there were a lot of those fun moments that make, uh, that, that make an event memorable. And it's so different from normal because we're not doing those things normally. Um, but yes, it is those intentional moments where our sons are getting our undivided attention and we're having conversation with them 
And because everybody's doing that, it makes it much easier to have those kind of conversations and, and, you know, maybe we can continue doing that at home. Well, and one of the things I love about your approach, and as we've talked about it, is your desire is to help men get wins. And you've never put it that way, but that's essentially, you know, you're thinking, how can I, how can we create an event that helps dads win at home with their sons? We're looking at a daddy-daughter day. How do you, we want to create a time and a space for dads and other men to, to get wins. And, and so there's, there's a particular kind of tone right now with the, the events that you've planned and thought through because men leading at home is a must. It's a non-negotiable that men clearly by God's design are designed to lead. And so you're trying to help resource the men of East Haven to lead and give them opportunities to do that. And not that they're not doing it, but this creates a camaraderie of men that are leading in the same way and trying to develop some some muscle memory around these different things with these kind of high-impact relationships in men's lives. So, yeah, I love it. And, and I would say these kind of events are, if you're a young man and you don't have kids, find a way to plug in and be a part of making these events happen because you're it is still a benefit to the broader church that these relationships are strong. And if you're an older man that uh, your your daughter or your sons are long gone and they're they're grown and married and have their own kids, but you happen to be a part of East Haven, get plugged in because men like Jared and I have much to learn from you and want to learn from you. And our, we, I want my sons and daughters to learn from you as well, that this is not a an isolated event where I'm the only one impacting my kids uh, or my family. I want the men of East Haven to have a kind of a, a holistic impact. And so, yeah, there, there was a really cool thing that happened just randomly on a weekend um, around the time that pastor Daniel's daughter got engaged and was, was uh, her, her wedding was coming up. Um, pastor Daniel said, uh, he basically said like the church body, like helped raise his, his, his kids. And, um, I, I thought about that. I thought, huh, you know, his family, mostly him and his wife's family was, was not around. They were down South. And so, yeah, like these people that they surrounded themselves with in the church, like are like grandpas and aunts and uncles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really cool to think about it that way. Um, but also to to have people that are are willing to step in to the lives of uh, I mean to your life into the lives of your kids and invest and serve in that way and mm -hmm. I mean uh, the things that I'm doing are like things that I with men's ministry are the things that I need and desire you know Chad you mentioned a, a minute ago like we want to learn as well and that's why I'm doing this like it's been very challenging for me to 
make relationships where with, you know, other guys who have kids so that, uh, you know, I could even just observe and maybe they can observe and we can learn from each other and become better dads because of it. Mm -hmm. Like making that happen is, is very hard. It's, it's easier for me to build a company than it is to build a relationship like that. And so man camp, the daddy daughter day events are opportunities for us as men to hang out with other men who also have children of the same gender uh, that we do and learn a little bit um, through the discussions that take place, through the moments where we're talking and the girls or the boys are playing and doing some sort of activity. Becoming familiar just in the fact that we have children so that when we run into each other on the weekends, it's like, Oh, how are your kids? You know, Oh, you got soccer this weekend. Yo, no, we're doing basketball. You know, you just have those conversations and you're Mm -hmm. talking about that stuff and becoming more familiar with each other. And then maybe that turns into friendships that, uh, you know, come together, maybe a small group is built or something like that. And those are things that we need in our life because otherwise we're going at it alone and going at it alone is, is uh is hard Mm -hmm. and it's not meant to be like that we're not i think we mentioned it on the last episode this tendency we have to be isolated and individualistic in our approach to this and that is not god's design for this this is this life of faith is meant to be done in community hence all of the spiritual gifts that he gives we're supposed to be using those to serve other people so yeah and, you know, that might not even be our desire inside is to be isolated and like, I've got this, I don't need anybody's help. Like, you know, maybe we're not that far gone that we're thinking like, right. or self-centered, I guess, maybe even that, you know, I've got it all because I know that I don't. And I think that most men know that they don't. And the world certainly preaches to us that we don't have it all together. Right. Um, but... It's also hard because we live in a, a society where, you know, if you have some little belief or thought that's different than mine, well, you're the enemy. And that we're, we're becoming divisive towards each other, even in the church, because we have little differences in our beliefs. These are like non-disputable matters that don't even really make sense when it, or, or I don't want to say make sense, but don't matter so much because in the grand scheme of things, we're believers. We love Jesus. We want to uh, raise a family that loves Jesus. And the little things that fall along the way are not important enough mm-hmm. to to prevent relationships, right. wreck relationships, or create division between, but our human nature does that. So taking this back to our events, these events are something that we have in common so far, you know. We have sons. We have daughters. Uh, in February, I want to do an event that's a date night for married couples, and mm-hmm. we're going to make this as as easy as possible to to come and 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 these are ways for us men to have some wins because mm-hmm. it's hard. We've got busy lives. We're working. Uh, our kids have busy lives. Our wives are are managing all of that stuff too. And it's very easy for a whole year to go by and say like, well, oh, we didn't really do anything like, mm. you know, um, babe, you did that thing. You know, I went hunting, the kids went off to camp, or, but those are all us doing things separately. Mm. Um, so what about some stuff that we can do together? And, 
And while it's hard to do an event for everybody, because, you know, I'm, I'm in marketing, you know, when you're, when you're speaking to everybody, you're speaking to nobody. And so, you know, I think the easiest way to start out is to do events and do things where people have the most in common. Yeah. And so sons, daughters, marriages, and then we branch out from there and, uh, and see what, what we can achieve as a men's ministry. Do you have, uh, cause there's going to be people that maybe don't have those relationships. Maybe sure. they're not married or, uh, yeah. Um, they're not connected in a family sense. What's in the hopper in your mind for ways that guys can connect on a regular basis in between the events and connect with other guys? Uh, so earlier in my walk, I was very involved in, in college ministry, like college career ministry is what we called it. Cause, um, we had, you know, guys that were all the way up in, into their mid twenties. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about that time was, well, first of all, just having time because, mm-hmm. you know, I was earlier on in my career, I could work whenever I wanted. My body let me stay up all night and work if I wanted to. Uh, and you know, I wasn't married and didn't have kids, so I had nothing but time. Um, and that's a unique, a unique place to be in life when you haven't started a family yet. Uh, you're either in your career or on your way to it. And, and that is different. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I didn't do, even though I knew that I desired to do it and just didn't know how was to, to really lean into some of the relationships that I had with men who were married and had families, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they were the parents of some of the guys that I was doing small group and stuff with, um, that I'd gotten to know. And I, I, you know, I'd, I'd think like, man, their marriage looks cool. Like that's, that's cool. I hope that I have a marriage like that one day, you know, those thoughts kind of stopped right there for me, mm-hmm. which shouldn't have happened. Like I should have been like, I need to lean into that. Mm-hmm. I need to say like, Hey, can I, you know, can I take you out to lunch? I want to talk about this stuff. Like, you know, I'm, you know, dating right now or whatever. Like I, I do want to create that kind of environment within our, mm-hmm. our church where men are okay with looking to men that are in another chapter in their life and saying like, Hey, what, what should I know right now? Mm-hmm. Or what, what did you want to know when you were where I'm at, right? but you didn't know how to ask. And yeah. that's, that's been my whole thing. My whole life is just like, I didn't want to ask. I don't know if it's because I didn't want to look like the dummy or what the thing was, yeah. Uh, or, or maybe I figured out, I'm just going to do this on my own and I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll learn, you know, whatever. I'll learn what I need to do. I'll watch a video on it. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll read a book on it. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that isn't, that isn't going to help. I mean, they do help, but it doesn't help nearly as much as relationships and right. God's word. So yeah. cool. How do we create that? I don't know because I'm just, you know, I'm just walking into this saying, I know what I need in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, to have friendships with other dads who have kids like mine so that I'm not going at this alone. Um, it would sure be great if they had cool wives that could also be friends with my wife. Um, and so, you know, maybe we can all do life together and learn from each other because there are things that you like, you know, plenty of things, pastor Chad's better at than I am and, and maybe vice versa. Mm-hmm. I haven't figured that out yet. So far, I think you're better <laughs> at everything than me. Um, 
but I mean, you know, like we need that in our lives, but we mm-hmm. also need people who have come before us yeah. as well. And, you know, it takes some intentionality. It does. And it takes putting yourself out there. And I don't like the putting myself out there part. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's the general vibe at East Haven because of what we're doing in men's ministry, then that takes that uncomfortable part out of it. Yeah. Because you've got a bunch of older guys walking around thinking like, you know, I didn't do it all right, but I learned a lot and I can't wait to share that with someone younger. Mm-hmm. And you've got younger guys walking around thinking, you know, I haven't gotten married yet or have kids yet. And I barely started in my career, but I know I've got a library of dudes walking around with experience and information. And then you've got the guys in the middle who've got kids and, yeah. you know, are, are questioning their career choices and whatever else. And, uh, you know, the, the, the middle of life, which is actually probably the hardest part in life, mm-hmm. um, where sometimes life has the least amount of joy or could feel that way. Or margin. Or margin. You could have, you could have guys walking around saying like, man, you know, uh, I'm feeling this way about this aspect of my life. Like, but I'm at a, I'm at a church where I can walk around and just talk to anybody mm-hmm. or whatnot. I mean, it's, it's God's created us all so unique and different that it's not that simple. Like that I could just point at any dude and be like, Hey, you know, tell me why I'm not leveling up in my career or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. But, um, if the general vibe at the church is that it's going to be so much easier for us to find those types of connections. Sure. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I think, I think guys having options is healthy, but I also think letting people know that you have to initiate. We live in a very consumeristic culture. And so we expect that, Right now, we expect the church, right, quote unquote, to do stuff for us. And one of the questions I get, hey, what are you doing to do, you know, to help us in this way or this way? And, and that, that I'm the hired and trained uh, program director. But the reality is we're all in this together, linking arms. And so stepping up, initiating, and I would even say if people, listening to this start to have ideas based on anything we've mentioned, they need to contact you or me and and share those ideas. Yeah. And we need a team of men that are helping to conceptualize and carry out these opportunities uh, to help shepherd and engage men as disciples. And so I want to challenge folks listening to this, get off the bench Get out of the sideline, get out of the stands, and get in the game. Yeah. I, I want to challenge men with this. You know, we, may, we might not individually think of ourselves as like a CEO, but each man is a CEO of his own life and everything that the Lord has put in front of him. And there are some CEOs that are going to outsource everything, look for the cheapest way to get it done so that they have the most resources at the end of the day. Uh, and then there are some who are going to do too much and are going to burn themselves out because they don't know how to ask. They don't know how to seek more resources and they're, they're, they're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there's like a middle ground that's perfect, but 
what I do think that we often do as men is, is look at everything as either something that's under control or something that's on fire. And if it's on fire, we take care of it. If it's under control, we just, we just let it be. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, the, there's children's ministry for the little kids. That seems taken care of. They're learning about Jesus. They hear Jesus, you know, once or twice a week. We've got student ministry, same thing. Um, we've got some Bible studies for some people, you know, women's ministry has lot, has good turnout for, for that. You know, the, our wives are hearing about Jesus. Um, you know, but, but that's outsourcing if it's not happening at home as well. Mm -hmm. If it's not happening at home, we are outsourcing our responsibilities as men to lead and disciple our families um, and then that, that goes out even further than our families, but, but really like God has entrusted us with a wife and mm-hmm. children. And even if we're like, Lord, you shouldn't have done that. Cause I'm a mess and I don't know what I'm doing. The Lord still entrusted you with that wife yeah. and those children, or, or maybe you don't have those yet. You just have your own life. Um, the Lord has entrusted you with that too. Right. And how are you leading your own life? Um, so there's, there's nothing wrong with these ministries. They're great. Mm-hmm. They're great resources, but if they're the only thing being utilized, then what we have done is we have outsourced our responsibilities as men and, and we can't let that to happen. We can't let that happen because if we outsource everything, then what's, what's our job? What's our purpose? Well, and I think that we won't experience the joy that accompanies doing what you're called to do. There's a fulfillment in God's design that when we live according to his design, we experience fulfillment and joy that we can't otherwise experience. And so if we're outsourcing that, we're robbing ourselves of a particular joy that comes only when we're living the way God designed us to live. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's fulfillment mm-hmm. when, when we can, see that joy and recognize that joy. You know, I, I got to participate in the baptism of my daughter a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and, and that was awesome. Uh, you know, not that if I hadn't, it would have been outsourcing that baptism to someone else. I mean, I was, I was there a part of it. Pastor Matt guided that, but, um, but being a part of her walk and her growth that led to that moment brought me joy. Uh, that she made that decision uh, based off of influence that I had in her life, mm-hmm. as well as the influence of other people right. at our at our church and the church that we've gone to before and the school that she goes to. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not saying you're either doing all of it or you're doing nothing or the other way around. It's it's utilizing our church body. It's utilizing your personal discipleship to disciple those in your family, which we talked about in the last episode Mm -hmm. is, is really helping them become better learners of God's word, learners and doers of God's word. And if we're all doing that, things are getting better. Amen. All right. Well, once again, we're slightly over the 30 minute mark. Maybe that's, maybe that's the, the design of the show. It's going to be a 31 minute show. I mean, you know, when dudes get together and hang out and they've got something to talk about and they enjoy it, like the wife is always like, where are you at? Yeah. Right? So I'm fine with it. That's good. Awesome. I love it. 
All right. Well, hey, thanks for being here with me again on the podcast, Pastor Chad. And if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, use your app, click that subscribe, share it with someone else. Share it with someone else who it might be a dude that you're like, I'd like to hang out with that guy, but I'm feeling a little awkward about initiating. Maybe they listen to an episode like this and then they're like, oh, hey, why don't we hang out? That's right. (laughs) Let's make it less awkward. Yeah. And now they're going to be like, hey, I listened to episode two and they told us to do it. Is that why you invited me to hang out? Because they said it. And you can be like, no, that was my original idea. Yeah, they're going to listen to the end of the episode and be like, well, they didn't think that through very well. (laughs) This got awkward real fast. (laughs) Awesome. Hey, well, thanks for being here and listening to the East Haven Men's Ministry podcast. Hope to see you back in the next one. Take care.